G'day, my name's Christian. I quit my corporate job so I can spend more time with my daughters and have amazing chats with regular people in Sydney. Because life's too short not to do something you love. I hope you enjoy my podcast. Okay, so today it's another instalment of the Celebrity Chat with Aussie Uber. Very lucky to have an Australian actress, lawyer, writer in the car by the name of Natasha Hallaby. And she's currently here in Sydney because of COVID. And her latest project is uh, NCIS LA, which she's shooting in Hollywood. But when she's been back home because of COVID, she's been doing her other career as a lawyer and working hard in that space. So not far away from picking up Natasha. Well, then we'll go for a drive around Sydney. It's a beautiful day here in Sydney. It's not a cloud in the sky, 24 degrees. Got the air conditioning on because it's a little bit warm. And we'll see where we go. But uh, just going to grab hold of Natasha and we're going to grab a quick photo with Ben. Obviously for Instagram and the webpage and all the rest of it. But just going past the Intercontinental here in Double Bay. It's a beautiful area this. Could be a bit out of my league to be honest. But anyway, that could be her. That is... Natasha right there, a little wave. That could be a little bit per- we actually might go to this driveway here. We might reverse up into this driveway. Because there's a lot of traffic here and they'll be happy with me in that no stopping zone. Okay. So I'll put my phone on silent. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good idea, actually. Actually, I'd better do the same. As you know, it already is. Um, let me know if it's too hot or cold. It's a bit it's warm too out hot there. and cold. <sighs> really unhelpful. <laughs> really unhelpful. Um, okay, so let me give a bit, just a bit of the preamble um, okay. for the podcast. All right. So for those that, that didn't hear the first 30 seconds of when I, I was driving up here, uh, Natasha Hallaby. Mm-hmm. Is that how I said yeah, Hellaby is perfect. You delivered that amazingly. Wow. Um, the first name is actually Natasia, but you know, in Australia, growing up, primary school teachers were like, Natasia, what's that? Not Natasha. So okay, so we'll get to we'll get to primary school in a minute. But what we might do, we might actually head towards Watson's Bay. Beautiful. Grab a coffee there. Love that. And then we can work out where we go and where you need to be. So where are you residing at the moment? Saint Ives. Snives. Okay. Snives. Rival. Yeah. So I grew up on the North Shore. I'm a North Shore girl. We'll get you to Snives then. Is that what you're saying now? No, no, no. Um, I, my car's here. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then let's just see what the fly. I live in Paddington, so for perfect. me, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. So let's let's kick off. Um, I was over here this morning for um, a workout class. In what? Yoga, Pilates, Zumba. Oh, throw some weights around. Look at you. Yeah. Do you? Um. I mean, we'll get to that as well. Do you have to train every day? Uh no, no one's telling me to, but for like my mental health, I, it's very important for me to work out. And by work out, not just like dance around a room, which, you know, no judgment if that's like what does it for you. I like actually to get myself in a really like stable and focused place. I need to like throw heavy weights around the room. Happy to sweat it out. Happy to sweat it out. Absolutely. Nice. nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I try to get everyone into some form of working out. Um, so when you say everyone, like anyone who's going through something, or who's you know feeling a little down or whatever, you know, because you just can't underestimate the 
um, effect of endorphins. Rightio, so give us the family heritage. What's the what's the <laughs> heritage of, of Halabi? Okay, so Halab means Aleppo in Arabic. So that means Halabi means person from Aleppo. So Aleppo is a, a big city. I was about city. to say, isn't Aleppo a place? Yeah, in Syria. Okay. Yeah. Now just for Which just... is currently bombed. Okay. Devastating. That's not, that's not good. Just no. to let you know, I don't I don't know much about you because part of the romance of you know me being an Uber driver and quitting full time work last year to become a full time Uber driver yeah. is that the passengers that get in my car you have no idea about I have them. no idea about yeah. them. So whilst uh, I told a couple of people that I was you're going to be in the car, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Ben said, look, maybe you should just do a small amount of research, no, researching you, researching you. There's not much on the internet about you, yeah, so no. I quite like that. Yeah, but I don't know anything about your heritage, which is. I mean, I think yeah, my. Uh, I think if I'm even really pretty bad on Instagram and social media, because whenever I post stuff, it gets like a little bit too political. Oh really? Like, oh, oh, from your point of view? Yeah. Okay. But just more, not even political, like you know, liberal versus labor, or you know, pro Trump, anti Trump, not like that. Just you know, what the hell's going on in the world, and you know, a little bit more focused on world order and refugees. Um, but you know, and then that doesn't really fit in with the whole actor profile. So, yeah. Well, you're not really serving yourself well, then, are you? <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> <laughs> you're really not helping yourself. I'm really not. No, I'm really. Okay, not. so Aleppo. Um, Let's go Aleppo, back to Aleppo. Yeah. So my father was born in Aleppo and my father's uh, mother is Lebanese and my father's father is Syrian. So he grew up between Aleppo and Lebanon. So that side of my family, I'm Syrian Lebanese and he uh, met my mom in Florence in Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And And how did they meet though? What was the... Well, my mom was teaching English to Italian kids and my father was just living you know, the great life in Florence um, because he loved Italy so much and he speaks fluent Italian. And uh, he went there for medical school and then he left medical school but stayed in Italy. Um, and so my, as, you, as you should. As you should. Yeah. And so my mom was looking for an Italian man and I, <laughs> she thought my dad was Italian and then uh, later on she found out, oh, he's Arab. So that union that they had, was that a common one between those two countries? Was it... Um, between Syria and Lebanon. Yeah. So I mean, so is that those areas? Would they would they uh, um, traditionally have? No, not really, because there was a war between Syria and Lebanon, which is what I thought. In the seventies, yeah. So no, it wasn't. It wasn't traditional at all. Was it frowned upon? Um, you know, I'm not too sure about that. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, so they met I in do... Florence. Yeah. So they met in Florence, um, and then my dad came back to Australia with my mom and. That's it. That's the story. Right. Well, it's yeah. pretty, we, we need to fill a bit more time with, you know, other stuff then. Um, siblings. What about siblings for you? When, okay, when did you come along then? Were you first in the... Have you got siblings? Yeah, I've got... So, interesting story, actually. My, I don't have many relatives on my father's side, like close, immediate relatives, because my father's mother took a contraceptive... Pill, like a form of birth control yep. that her doctor told her was totally safe and then later on they kind of found out that it was a pharmaceutical companies kind of they would dump medications on developing countries and kind oh, of wow. see how they fed there or they'd sell them second rate you know 
medications that couldn't pass, you know, wouldn't get FDA clearance, for instance, in America. I'm not sure what the governing authority is here in Australia. But, um, and so she took one of these contraceptive pills and then she couldn't have any more kids oh, um, nice. after my father, which for a Middle Eastern family is pretty tragic because they have so many kids. And, yeah. Yeah. So, That's um, not good. No, it's not good. And then my father had a lot of guilt leaving um, his mother and his father because he was the only child and coming to Australia with my mother. Um, so why did they come staying, to Australia then? Because my mum was Australian. Right, okay. Yeah, so my mum's from the country. She's from Inverell. Oh, okay. But yeah. she's a travel writer journalist. So her whole life she's been up moving around, traveling. So my childhood was just like every school holidays we were traveling to a different destination, which was nice. fantastic because, you know, we got to see so much of the world. Um, but yeah, she's quite a prominent travel writer. She's, she writes for like SMH, The Age, all these cool publications. Oh, look at you guys. Yeah. So she was actually living in Jamaica before COVID happened. Yeah, she was living in Jamaica and she'd just been traveling through uh, Nicaragua, Colombia. Yeah, she... Do you worry when she travels to places like no, that? No, she's been doing it forever. She knows She's just like so street cool. It's crazy. Okay. I, she had a MacBook before I did. She had an iPhone before I did. Wow, this day and age, that's something yeah, off. Yeah, I know, yeah. Okay, so siblings. Let's go back to siblings. Our siblings. So I have a younger brother. His yep. name's Mojo, which now is cool because, you know, Byron Bay names are like <laughs> seeping into the rest of society. Yeah. But growing up, my brother did get teased for his name, but now everyone just thinks it's cool and everyone's copying him. They're like, oh, we named our kid after Mojo. Nice. So, um, yeah, so he was named after Mojo Rising. Yeah, Rolling Stones reference, I think. I don't know. Who chose that, mum or dad? Mum, mum. Really? Yeah. If it was up to dad, Mojo's name would have been Jalal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which actually is his middle name. Is that right? Well, yeah. I guess And it's... mine would have been Fatima. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not laughing at that. I can't laugh. No. So what is your middle name? name? My middle name's Amira, which means princess in Arabic. Of course it does. Of course it does. Oh. Um, yeah, what's it? Okay, the heritage of Natasia. Ah, uh, no idea. I think my mom just, just pulled like it out of, yeah. Okay. Uh, so where did you grow up then? I grew up on the North Shore. Yep. Yeah, so I grew up in St. Ives, so we're probably like one of the only um, Middle Eastern families in St. Ives. And what was school life like for you then, if you're a Middle Eastern family in St. Ives, where there probably aren't too many Middle yeah. Eastern families? Well, I think it was a little difficult for my dad, coming from like a Middle Eastern Muslim background, um, and then also having the Italian culture inbuilt in him, because he was used to you know, you just stop over at the neighbor's house, you take them food, you don't need to like plan dinner dates. It's just very like the whole neighborhood knows each other. Very it's organic. Very in, yeah, it's super organic. It's very integrated. You treat each other kind of like family. Whereas here it's a little bit more, um, well, on the North Shore it was a little bit more like, you know, um, there was a schedule to things and a way to do things. And so he, he did struggle a little bit with that. But now he's living in Italy, so he's living his best life. So he's living in Italy? Yeah, dad's been living in Italy for like three, four years. And mum? Uh, and mum is now back Jamaica, here because of COVID. She was in Jamaica. So and then my, so my brother's the only one who's here. So I've been in LA for the last five years. So my brother's the only one who's here. And he has an automotive garage in Narrabeen called Apex Auto House. Shout out to them. Shout, oh yeah, shout out. Shout out to shout, Apex Auto shout House. Shout out to Apex yeah, Auto House. And yeah. Mojo. He's amazing. He's a car genius. Like, really? He, oh my God. He's like, he's, he can fix anything. And he like I, I'll, there'll, be, there'll be a problem with my car, 
and you know i'll think oh you know it's going to be a big job and he'll just like find a perfect easy amazing solution he's a freak it's amazing good brother yeah he's great uh so mum and dad are separated yeah mum and dad are separated when did yeah. that happen that happened when i was in high school my brother and I were actually asking them to get separated for a long time because they really? tried to stay together for they, us. Were they, okay, I was about to ask. They, st- I mean, similar to my ex, I think if what was going on when we separated, we, we have two children. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, they were five and five and nine or six and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we stayed together for a couple of years longer than what we probably should have because of the kids. Yeah, no, it's an amazing thing. And it's um, it's really an exercise in self-sacrifice. Um it's a hard one it's, to make, though. and it's a really hard one to make. And I, I now see, and I now know that it's you, if you're full of love and happiness, then your children will feel that. Um, and so, when you said to them, when your brother and they were just fighting like cats and dogs, really. And so, who said, "Okay, mum and dad, that's it. You guys need to go your own way." Both my brother and I were like twelve, and, and how did they 10. receive that? I, I honestly don't remember. I don't did they separate they not, not they long did. after yeah, that? they did. Okay. So I guess they took it on board, but... Do you think they was... already knew that I were on that path to separation? Yeah, they did. They, maybe they were very guys... well aware that they were just staying together for my brother and I, and then my brother and I were like, it's kind of not fun being in the house with you two because you're always arguing and we're stuck in the middle of it. The communication between them was not the best. Have they have they since moved on? Um, Not yeah, kind of. They're they're still great friends. Which are they, is amazing. Are there other people in their lives? No. Okay. But they're they're um they're great friends. They're really there for each other and support each other. I guess that's good. I mean that they're friends now after all these years. Oh, it's great. It's so great. If you're celebrating, do you, do you celebrate events together? Yeah, Christmas we come together. Okay. Yeah, every Christmas, which is lovely. not strange. No, no, not strange at all. It's beautiful. Okay. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I have family on my mum's side. Um, who live in Queensland and on the central coast. Uh, and so, yeah, we all get together and celebrate Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Um, so North Shore. Yeah, so North Shore. So, um, you know, went to... Uh, my mum was pretty, like, keen on pushing me into the performing arts direction. Is and that I enjoyed because you it. excelled at that as a, as a child? Is that something that you enjoyed or was that something that she even, wanted you to do more? Honestly, I don't even remember. I remember receiving the award in primary school for performing artist. Like, you know, the do whole school. Do you remember school. what you did? I just don't even... I think I was in like a play. I think I was in a play. And, uh, and then I received the, the award. And then... And so my mum had me audition for Newtown Performing Arts. So that, that's the Performing Arts High School in Newtown. Yeah. 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 Um, and I got in there... And I went there and that was a one and a half hour journey to school and back from school. So start at home, catch the bus to the station, Gordon Station, catch the train to Town Hall Central Redfern, get off, switch to another platform, catch the train to Newtown. And we're talking Newtown pre-gentrification, right? So like there would be people, like I was like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, people walking down the street at me like drunk in the middle of the day with like tattoos all over their faces. Yeah, nice people. Yeah, lovely people. But it's like it was a different world, and so I just quickly was like thrown into that, um, and exhausted from that long commute to school and back from school. And then, yeah, that school wasn't the best for me. It was just a lot of jigging school and just not getting up to good things. And then, what did you not do? 
What, what did you get in trouble with? We just didn't go to school. We would really? like, lie to our teachers and say that we have dress rehearsal because the whole school was built around these kids who were performers, whether you were a singer, a musician, an actor, a dancer. And Ms. Hallaby, I can't believe that you would be that sort of girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you oh, a, re- a rebel? Yeah, absolute rebel. What, what did, did your mum know? Absolute rebel. Absolute rebel. Yeah, drinking alcohol like 15. Oh, my God. All of it, I've yeah. Got a, I've got a 12-year-old, please. Yeah, no, we would skip school, go hang out in the park in like Marrickville and just... Yeah, not because oh, it's kids. getting worse. Yeah. It's just getting worse. I had such high hopes for this conversation. <laughs> no, but it's, it, this is a story, right? So we're at the climactic point, and it kind of looks like everything is going in a really bad direction, and yep. all hope is lost. Dark night of the soul, but we're going to turn this around. <laughs> I hope we are. I hope we are. We're going to turn this around, yeah. So I left Newtown. It was, um, it's, it's, in grade it's, 10. This is the turning point for you. This is the turning point, At yeah. school. In At school, school. So, yeah. Okay. So, my friends who didn't go to Newtown, who went to schools, you know, other other schools, yep. they, you know, we were kind of chatting and they were like, yes, we're talking about, um, there's exams in year 10 and they kind of figure out what classes you get put into for 11 and 12. Anyways, right, I don't okay. remember what they're called. But it was coming up to that and so it was like, all right, well, it's time to study. And I was comparing where I was at academically with my friends who didn't go to the school that I was at. And These are the ones that didn't focused. skip school? These were ones who went to school around but the North Were they Shore. skipping school as well, though? No, no, they weren't. So these school. were sensible children. Yeah. They just went to the local high school or like... Did all the right things. Did all the right things, yeah. So they were doing really well academically. And my academic, I just was like in shock at how little I knew. Like we were opening a signpost textbook, which is the mathematics textbook. And I knew nothing. And I said, shit, this is so bad. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? <laughs> How am I going to like become anything after I leave high school if I don't know even mathematics? At its basic level. At its basic level. And I was just like far out. So I said, that's it. I'm leaving this school. And then I kind of stepped into my adult form. And I said, I'm going to the local public high school, which was Kalara High. Nice. And my brother was there. And uh, I got to Kalara High at 16 years old. And when everyone was starting to go to part house parties and, you know, maybe starting to like try some beer and uh, I just went straight to school, went straight to the library and just really? studied, studied, studied. Yeah. And then graduated top of the state. Top, sorry, top, not, not just top of the school. Top of there, yeah, no, top of the state in a few subjects. But oh, yeah, haven't, my, haven't you turned it around though? Yeah. No, I think my ATAR HSC was like 93, 93 or something, which for a public school, like when you don't have the whole... You know, these private schools, you get the whole grade lifting up your score yeah. if you're at a great school, a really great school. So, yeah. But you just did it all, all yourself. Yeah, I just sat in the library every day and studied. Now, listen, I'll go get a coffee. You okay. can then check your phone, do those sort of things, stay in the air-conditioned car. Okay, great. Um, what would you like? Um, I would love a soy piccolo. <laughs> your facial reaction? I could have just captured that. <laughs> It was just... gold. Okay, maybe I should You just send... swore. Are you allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah of course you are. <laughs> I mean, I, fuck, I swear all the time. Um, maybe I should send you out and order a soy piccolo. No, I'll do it. In this, in this day and age of equality, uh, I'll go and order a soy piccolo. Yes, please. We'll get to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you serious. Unbelievable. There you go. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. 
too much to be strangling. You didn't get a coffee? Oh, I'm just gonna have water. I had a coffee with Ben before we got to, got to you, so it's, okay. just, it's all about you, not me. Okay, thank you. Appreciate um, that, it's lovely. Oh, my pleasure. Rightio, let's continue on. We'll get to Sawyer in a minute. Mental. Uh, so, top of the state? Yeah. Where does that take you? Um, so then I can get into law school because if you, you know, if the way that the educational system here works is if you graduate with a certain ATAR or HSC result, that allows you to get into law school, um, or whatever course, whatever course that your ATAR kind of fits. Yep. Um, and so I was able to, to go straight into law, um, and do a straight law degree at UTS, which was the only uni that offered straight law. Um, with, so, what, so what's the difference between what's like a straight law as opposed oh, to? Oh, so all the other universities you have to do like a double degree, so law and something else. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, so. So I, how many years of study is that? That was four years of study. Did you enjoy that? Um, yeah, I did. I quite enjoyed it. And did then you was, go back to your bad girl ways? No, no, absolutely. Always not. from there, straight. Yeah, straight. And see, that's the thing. It's like you you think your life is going down a certain trajectory you know and if there are any parents listening to this they go oh shit what's my kid gonna make of himself okay, okay. wait well, yes no, so i am a not, parent yeah yeah, I, yeah. so say so at any at any point it just it's just learning you're just learning you're absorbing you're 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 trying different things out you're you're i just was so keen to see the world i was so keen to grow up and be an adult i was so keen to try things and i gotta tell you like when i was in year 12 everyone was at high school everyone was going to parties everyone was going to schoolies remember schoolies yeah, yeah well it, it still happens now but yeah i had no interest i didn't do anything didn't drink nothing was not interested because i already done it and yes it's kind of unfortunate that i did it so early because I, I wasn't ready um but you know i got to year 12 when it really mattered yeah and when you really actually have to put your head down because that's when your grades are going to determine what happens with your um your further education and uh yeah, so it kind of worked out for me. You know, there's always a chance to turn turn shit around. Of course, and I, I look, I can't agree with you any more than what you said, though, because some of the people I've had in the car have been on paths that uh, are just horrible, mm. um, but they've managed to, you know, literally 180 turn their life around. I mean, there was a girl not long ago called Connie who got in the car. She turned 30 about three weeks ago. She mm -hmm. was episode number nine, mm -hmm. and the week before I picked her up, she. I was taking her to day rehab oh, and wow. she was 70 days clean. Oh, good for um, But she'd been a six-year alcoholic to the point of passing out oh, every day. God, Connie, that's so sad. She's not even 30 and she's an Yeah, but, but, okay, so that... But she's turned it around. But she's turned around. And that. Um, when she got out of the car, she just said, thank you. Thank you for listening. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people need. That All they need is someone to listen. Absolutely. Um, so I loved her story and I got quite emotional after it because I kept thinking about my daughters. Yeah. Uh, even though they're only eight and 12 and you talk about your journey to the age of, um, you know, 14, 15, 16, mm. what it was until, you know, year 10 when you decided to turn around. Yeah. Um, I'd hate to think my children get to that position, but you just don't know. And that's what I was more, I guess, concerned yeah. about. So. Well, that's beautiful. Honestly, if you just have that space with your children where they can kind of always come to you and talk to you, which just seems like the environment that you're nurturing, it just makes a world of difference. I, I honestly didn't really have that. And that's just because my mum mom was working so hard yeah. and taking care of us. And and my father was working in Saudi Arabia for Aramco as an IT consultant. So my dad was gone for four years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was... It was it was a lot for my mom, but there wasn't, I didn't have him around to talk to. I, I didn't really have her around that much. 
Um, and so, you know, I just think that's the greatest gift that you can give your kids is an open space to, to talk. And to, I totally agree. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough that I can afford to quit full-time work and drive Uber full-time. Yeah. And when I say Uber full-time, it is really, it's part-time. Yeah. So, I mean, look, you know, the beauty is I get to spend, you know, some time with you today in the car. Mm. So, law school, what was that like for you? Um, law school was great. I went to class. Did, did the, all the right things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I was naturally interested in the law. It's a lot of reading law school. It's so much reading. Uh, and I kind of... Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I did. Where um, did you Where did you finish? UTS. I finished at UTS. And yeah. Then, um, Whereabouts in the scale of top to bottom? Oh, honestly, somewhere probably around the middle. Okay. Um, I I didn't. Once I got into law school, I got to be honest, I didn't really apply myself, just because I thought, all right, what do I need from this? I just I need the degree so that then that gives me opportunities, okay. um, employment opportunities, and just went for that. And you know. It didn't do badly. It didn't, wasn't the top of the top of the grade with all these high distinctions, but you know distinctions and still, still did enough to yeah, still to did be enough. Happy. Yeah. So then I got admitted to the. Um, I worked at the Golf Australia Business Council for a bit as an executive assistant while I was in law school. Okay. So golf is in like the Gulf region of the Middle East. Yep. Um, and so what did you want to specialise about in though in law? What was your? Did you say I want to, I want to work in commercial? No, I, I want to be a criminal in... lawyer. Okay. Um, I wanted to represent people who had found themselves in difficult situations because I understood that you make mistakes when you're young or when you don't have good uh, mentors and when you're kind of figuring things out and it's really easy to go down the wrong path and then I wanted to help people, I wanted to help give people a second chance. I guess because I kind of felt like I kicked myself in the ass and gave myself a little bit of a second chance. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. Just for those that are listening, we're now in Bondi and it's just spectacular. Oh, Bondi is turning it's, it on. It's yeah, beautiful. It's, what are we now? It's 25 degrees. See, this, I, a lot of I, cloud in the sky. I know, and I think, okay, so plans to go back to February in, in LA. I mean, plans, yeah, plans to go back to LA in February. Why would I? Look at this. It's, yeah, no, no chance. We'll go, we'll go up the top, we'll come back, we'll come along the shorefront here and then we'll come back out and we'll work our way around. Oh, it's so spectacular. It is awesome. Um, there's, there's no better water, ocean water in the world. You know, oh, like no, in California, you go, you get into the ocean and it's, there's like gold speckles in the ocean. You're like, oh, it's gold. And you're like, hang on a second. Why does my skin feel oily? It's oil. <laughs> it's not gold at all. It's not gold at all. It's golden water. <laughs> I just got my gold mining tin thing out. <laughs> nice. Um, when you got into, into law, you finished your degree. Um, was there a, uh, a person you work with, or a uh, what are they called? A client you worked with that really touched you. Out of out of all that you said, you wanted to help people get yeah. through things. Was there anybody, any one person out there, or one event that sort of made you think, you know what? Fuck, I love this job. Um, I actually didn't do criminal law. So you wanted to do it. I wanted to do it, but I sat down with a prominent Australian criminal lawyer through a friend of a friend, and he said, "Don't do it." Why? He said he'd had guns held to his head. He said it's just very difficult to explain to some people why, you know, let's say they get, say they do a robbery, like say someone gets to do a robbery. Oh, why did my mate get five years and I got three years? I mean, so why did my accept, mate get five years and I got ten it, years? Okay, yeah, I got and it's like, okay, look, I'm going to explain to them the mitigating circumstances. You were holding a weapon. This is your third offense. And just sometimes it's, he just said, don't do it. He said it's, um, 
it's not really a good life. So what did you decide to do at that point? Uh, corporate and commercial law. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did a clerkship at um, a firm in the city called Maddox, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and then I worked at the law firm of uh, the president of New South Wales Legislative Council, and that was wonderful. Um, and, yeah, and then I pretty much after that took off to Los Angeles. Okay, so we'll get to Los Angeles in a second. You're here in Australia. You're mm-hmm. doing your your law. You're working at the organisations you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. What made you then decide to go to the US? So what I mean, did you go there on the back of... Is, are we now getting into the acting space? Yeah. So, so how did you get into that? So I was acting at Newtown, and then while I was in law school... Still in Newtown? No, no, back in at Newtown High School before right, that. Okay. I, was, I was acting when I was at that school, but then I was also... Um, doing some acting around the bits throughout law school. Yeah. I was in a NIDA course and um, I wanted to be an actor here. I did. I just went to a few auditions and had the feedback come back through that she's just a bit too ethnic looking and exotic. Really? Yeah. How so did that feel when someone said you're a bit like ethnic and exotic? It felt like absolute shit. It felt like I didn't belong. Um, it felt like I had no control over, like you, as an actor, you have, you have minimal control as other people making decisions for you all the time. Um, and it's, did you have an agent at this stage? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Was it the agent that said you should go to the U S no, no. Uh, I made that decision myself because I noticed that the U S had started with diversity. No, sorry. I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. This person wants to buy <laughs> no, matching, matching, uh, matching Cerise outfits. outfits. Beautiful. No worries. <laughs> And they're going to go and look at a billboard. Okay, good. Have a nice day. <laughs> um, so was that a hard decision to go to the US? No, because this was before diversity casting was a thing in Australia. So it was like if you... This was it's way back. This is 10 years ago. If you weren't um, blonde or, you know, if you, if you looked a little bit ethnic, you were only going to be considered for that those ethnic roles. And were there and many of those? No, there were none. <laughs> there were none. This okay. was before this was before the shows that are being shot in like the western suburbs. This was before we had indigenous content. This was before it There's was no just diversity. no diversity whatsoever. Okay. Just kind of like the the same type of shows being recycled on Australian television over and over and over again with the same faces and I was just like this is not going to happen for me here. So what what we're going to do today? We're going to tour the beaches. Yeah, lovely. Okay. Beautiful. So We've hit Watson's Bay, but it was very quiet. This is perfect. So today, I wanted to. I want I, like this was convenient for me to do today because it was a day off yep. for me. Middle of the week, really strange, but it was a beautiful day off, and I just, <laughs> I just love the beaches out here. So this is lovely. Will you go for a swim this afternoon? Uh possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah, Fuck do your ears hurt? You know, the eardrums when yeah, the water's really cold? Not just that, but the pins and needles in the body because yeah. of how cold it is. So yeah. I went for a swim last Thursday and I was I was just saying, I, was like, I hope the defibrillator works in the, in the ocean <laughs> because my heart is about to stop. It really no, is. No, it's not. It's really good for your heart and your <laughs> yeah, immune well, system. It's so that, good for you. That first entrance into the water, I wasn't thinking that. Okay, yeah. so we then head to the US. Yeah, so I, head to, I headed to the US because Where did you base um, I felt yourself? totally unwanted by the industry here. And just hey, okay. having people saying, oh, she's too ethnic was like... That's crazy. It was crazy, yeah. Had you done anything of note here in Australia? No, nothing. Okay, so just small time stuff. 
No, nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. Okay, that's a pretty ballsy move. I had just move. done some theatre and come out of Newtown and that was it. And I'd, I'd done drama for my HSC at Kalara and graduated top of the state in that. But that was like, that's nothing. That's not doing anything. So I just, I, I was able to get a J1 visa at that time because I'd just come out of law school. And I said, this is my only opportunity if I want to do this. I w- okay, so the reason that I decided to go to America and yeah. the reason that I decided to pursue acting over law was because I was just finding, I thought that I would be able to get into court sooner. And I learned that you've kind of got to spend a good five years doing more solicitor work, kind of like writing contracts, sitting in an office before you are really able to get into court. I, I, I wanted to like jump into court and be a barrister immediately. Which doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because you need to build up the clients. You need to have that exposure to the industry because when you're a barrister, you're a sole trader, so you're just working for yourself. So unless you have the work coming in through the people that you've met during your time as a solicitor, it's very difficult. Um, So I just kind of, in my head, because I had no lawyers in the family and no mentors, I thought being a lawyer was going to be like being on Boston Legal. I thought this is going to be an absolute blast. And it was so far from that. It's, you know what, Hollywood, with your TV shows about what it's like to... Hang on a second, don't, don't, don't... don't. (laughs) What it's like to have a certain thing like Grey's Anatomy, oh yeah. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. I know, I know. But I was a kid, I was a kid, right? So now, obviously, I know better. Yeah, okay, I was very young, I was in my... So you get to the US, where do you base yourself? In Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. And what, where, 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 when you first got there, where were you living? Was it a one bedroom? What? I was living with um, two Americans. One girl from Chicago, who's yep. a uh, sports TV host, and um, another girl from California. And we were all living together. How'd you meet those girls? On Facebook. Really? Yeah. I'm coming to the US. Yeah. So I was just looking for a Facebook. Uh, I was looking for a room to rent, and they'd posted on Facebook. And they said, yeah, you know, and I was like, great. And I went to meet them and they were lovely and I moved in. How long were you with those girls for? About three years. Really? Yeah. Nice. They're wonderful. They're still good friends. That's good. That's good. So is 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 the acting market in the US all that everyone says it's tough? Oh, my gosh. It's so tough. It's the Olympics. Like, you want to go to LA to act it is like that city it's the Olympics of acting like if you are not where you need to be if you don't if you go into that room and you're not like in your absolute best form which I wasn't for like my first three years of being there because how, how many knockbacks oh my god I can't even begin to tell what's you. the one that hurt the most in the first little while when probably, you first got there what was the one that hurt the most probably the thing that hurt the most was I when I got there I pretty quickly got a role a great role in a movie with Ethan Hawke. Oh, and wow. oh there we, we go. Yeah, and we had a... Um, Did you fancy Ethan? No. <laughs> Little crush? No, not really. Okay. Uh, we had a scene together, and it was like a two-page scene, and when I got to set, he just decided that he didn't want to do the lines on the scene. He just said, yeah, yeah, let's improvise. Um <laughs> And this was just as we were beginning to shoot, by the way. We didn't talk about this beforehand because he, like, didn't even talk to me. He just thought that I was, like, part of catering or something. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And so he's like, oh, you're the actor. Okay. So, you know, and we start the scene. He's like, you know what? Don't worry about the lines. I've been worrying about the lines for the past two months. Like, Don't worry about lines. Let's just throw them out. Let's just roll with it. So we just roll with it. And we do the scene multiple times. And he's and it's just like a game of keep up. And uh, Did you think you were drowning at that point? No, it felt so good. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It felt so good because he's so good 
that you, I just kind of like gave into it, worked off him, and um, and it was good. Yeah. And they used it. No. Right. Is this the hurting part? This is the hurting part. So because we went off script, it kind of went into this direction of being like a, a lovey, like a, a romantic type of scene. Like there was there was a bit too much chemistry, I think, between the characters. Oh, okay, right. And the whole film was about, it was essentially a love story about a famous musician named Chet Baker and his, his you know, enduring, resilient love story with his wife, Elaine. And, uh, and I think that that scene just was just kind of threw the whole premise of the film out because it was like, all right, he's in love with her. How is there like this level of, you know, chemistry? Connection, yeah. Yeah, this connection. Um, so yeah, that got cut and that was a killer because that film went to Toronto Film Festival. It was a beautiful film. Oh, um, no. Yes, yeah, so that What was did you think after that, though? Did you think, okay, stick at it? I hate this industry. Did you ever want to give up? Yes. So many times. So many times. This, it's the worst industry in the world. But if you have a calling for it, if you truly believe that it's your vocation, then you you stick at it. So what happened after that? So you got the knockback on that. That got cut. It wasn't used. So we're just, yeah. just, we've just gone through Tamarama. We're now at Bronte. And I'll tell you what, this is the day to be swimming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's mental. Because the beach isn't too packed as well. It's just awesome. Look at that. That ocean is out of control. Yeah, there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing like it. Of all the days to leave the swimmers at home. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so... Well, you, you only live around the corner. Exactly. That's not a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get the knockback from that. Yeah, so that really hurt. Um, and then it was pretty much just like a few... A year, a year, a few more years of auditioning. And then I did a few indie films. One which is... Um, one which is coming out soon, an indie horror film, just got an amazing review on Horrorfix, um, which compared the director to Hitchcock, which is amazing. So this is a, a black director from New York who just, writer-director and just... Just slayed Brilliant it. guy, brilliant mind, um, who actually came up through the prison system. So he was in prison for, I think, about 15 years. Wow. Where he learned how to write in prison and came out and said... Um, I, I want to do this. Yeah, I want to do this story. And the story is about... Um, how we judge one another, essentially. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that one's called Anonymous Killers. So that one's going to be out soon. All right, um, we'll get to Anonymous Killers. Yeah. Uh, what was your first big break? Well, I would probably say, considering that my role in the Ethan Hawke film got cut, even though I have the footage and I'm still credited. <laughs> Man. Did you get um, paid for it? Yeah, yeah, I got paid for it. I did, yeah. But if it, if it wasn't used, that who cares about the money if it's not used? Yeah, in a way. I mean, when you're starting out as an actor, you do care about the money, but, yeah. you know, it, it's on your IMDb, and, you know, actors get cut out of stuff all the time. Massive. So you can't take it personally? Actors. I'm sure at the time you took it personally, but you just can't, can you? No, you can't take it personally. Just have to read stories of other big actors getting cut, and you're like, "All right, it's cool." <laughs> it happens to the best. It happens to the best. It happens to the best. Yeah. Okay, so when was your first big break? Into... I would probably say NCIS was my first big. How break. did you get that? My um, my managers and agents sent me in for the audition. Did, did they did they say to you, "Look, you got a good shot at this," or you know what, just go in, have a bit of fun with it? No, they don't talk to you about oh, things like that. No, right. it's just they've got so many people on their books. They just say, "Be here and at they're, ten. They're managing. You no, know, they just send an email, and it says the time, the location, the character breakdown, and the dates you need to be available, and 
the sides, which is the script that, that what you'll be reading in the audition. So room. what was that? What did so, that look like for you? What, what, what did they send you? Send me an email saying, um, Eliana Sapir, recurring guest star and, um, love interest of the lead character, which Hello. is Callum. Hello. Yeah. Um, so that's we'll played by... We'll get to the love interest in a minute. <laughs> so that's, he's played by Chris O'Donnell. Um, so it's Chris O'Donnell and Ella Cool J are the two leads of the show. Um, I mean, fairly strong. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. They're great. Uh, so, yeah, so you so, go to rehearsal. So she's like their contact in the Middle East. Okay. Um, and she's she's an Israeli character. That works well for your, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's a, it's a strange thing because I often go into audition for... Um, I often go into audition for the Middle Eastern characters and then I just kind of feel like they, they don't think that I look that Middle Eastern because I'm half... Least than half Australian, um, so, and so, so it's a, it's a, yeah it's a weird thing. It's very different. It's been very difficult for me to find my spot. The Israeli one, the Israeli breakdown was great because it you know it was kind of like they were a little bit more open to me not looking as Middle Eastern. Okay, I don't know. It's it's a difficult. It's a hard one. How did you think the rehearsal went? You're, okay, what, so when you when, okay, let's go to the rehearsal. You walk in the door. Hey, g'day. Miss Hallaby, how are you going? Um, great to have you here. Miss Hallaby, no. Well, what did they, <laughs> they say to you? I mean, I'm trying They're to... They're seeing like 50 people. They don't give a fuck yeah, whose name's who. Nah. They're just like, hi, come in, put your stuff down here, and this person's going to be reading with you. Right, oh, okay. That's pretty pretty blunt. Yeah. That's what it's, that's what it's like. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then you read the scene, and if they have notes for you, they'll give you the notes, and... You, how did you how did you fare on this day then? I didn't get notes on this one. Is that a good thing? No, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. Um, sometimes you know people are like oh you know I got a note. Getting a note can be great because it means there's something that they like. They just want to see a different variation of it. Okay. Um, no, I didn't get a note on this one, but I it was an Israeli accent, which is not an easy one to do. So I was just a little bit more concerned about getting my accent right. Um, so do you have a voice coach? Yeah, I have a voice coach. Yeah, so she's taught me uh, Russian accent, Israeli, Middle Eastern, Persian, American, yeah, British. They must, they must be hard to, to go in and out of. Yeah. Oh, they, they, how long have you been doing it for now? Uh, Acting? Five years. Five, six years. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. is it still hard to do? Is it still hard to drop in and out? Of accents yeah. can be, yeah, because I just need to like warm my voice up in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, the hardest one to do? Probably an Irish accent would be pretty hard. For why? Me. Why are you doing an Irish I accent? I know. I don't do that one. Okay. What's okay? What's the hardest one you've done then? Um, I would think Irish is hard. Have you never spoken <laughs> Irish before? Are you serious? The Middle Eastern accent was a bit hard to learn. I've got to be honest. Okay. Because it's hard to make it sound genuine, not gimmicky. Mad. Yeah, right mad. Here, you are. You're mad. Okay. So, when do they come back and say we want to? We 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 want you. There, that day. Really? Yeah, that day they called and said, you've got to call back in next week. With how many others? Oh. I went to the callback and there were a lot of actors that I didn't see there at the original audition. And is so that, like is that more concerning high, for you? No, well, it was a little because it was like more high profile actors. So actors that didn't even 
actors that had way higher profiles than me. So right, they didn't okay. even want, come to the first audition. Their agents were like, like this is this person, so they're just going to come to the callback. They'll skip like, the first one, they'll get the yeah, second one. Exactly. Okay. Like, we know who they are. You know, they don't need to come to the first Their pedigree audition. is slightly need, yeah. stronger than yours. <laughs> exactly. Right, okay. Stronger. Okay. Um, well, so I was like walking through the room and I was like looking at a few of these recognizable faces and I was like, great. Awesome. Yay. Uh, and then just went into the room, did the audition, and there was like a room full of 15 people from the writer to the showrunner. Is that nervous? Are you yeah, nervous at that point? Yeah, because the room was tiny. <laughs> I was like, okay, is there enough oxygen in here for all of us? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so then I did the um, and then I did the scene, and then I shut the door and left. They said, yeah, they said thank you, and I shut the door and left. And then I found out that afternoon I had the job. So great. how long ago is this now that you 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 got the NCIS gig? It was about a year a year and a half ago. Yeah. Wow. So she, yeah, so so I'm in season eleven, um, and she's their contact in the Middle East. So uh, season twelve has just been greenlit. So there's going to be season twelve of the show. And you're in that? Um, I don't know at this point. So if they end up heading, if the team ends up heading back to the Middle East, hopefully, because um, the love story between... Oh, yeah. Let's get to the uh, Mr. O'Donnell. Yes. Yeah, so the love story between myself and Mr. O'Donnell's character yeah. was left like open-ended with a kiss and a wink and a, I'll see you soon. Of course. And uh, actually me telling him I actually have a place in Baja, California. So... Oh, so there's, it's, it's like, as open-ended as it needs it, to yeah, be. Exactly. Right exactly. What's it like... Okay, so we, one thing we haven't sort of discussed, is there a love interest in your life, a, a current love interest? Yeah, well, there was for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so I was in a relationship well, how for we, how five years. How did we years. skip that? Yeah, so I, I was in a relationship for five years here before I took off to America. Yeah. Um, Who so is this So from the age of 19. His name's Sam. Nice guy. Amazing guy, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then... We, so that finishes? Yeah, that's finished. Yeah, and then yeah. where was the next one? Uh, there isn't. Oh, right they said 10 years. Yeah, that went on for 10 years. Oh, so five years here, five years... So five years when I was here. Oh, God. And then we did five years long distance. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. tough. Okay, so how, how long ago did that finish? That finished um, uh, two months ago. Oh, please don't do that. Yeah. Fuck. It's, okay, wow. Yeah, that was a lot. That was very difficult because what happened was I came back here and... Like- now that I was settled settled back in Australia and it was time to build our life together finally in the one spot. Because he'd, he'd come to LA and then I'd come back to Sydney for Christmas and we would, you know, yeah. maybe vacation somewhere once a year. Um, That's and, a tough gig. And so we kind of like had this, you know, he had a lot of free time when he would come to LA. So it really, it worked out that way. But then when we were both in the same city and it was like, all right, now it's time to build our, build our life together. It, it didn't. It didn't work out. Right, okay. Well, I'm, yeah. okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, how are you coping? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. There were... It was really, really difficult for, like, the first few weeks. Um, and it was just kind of a lot of, like, wow, after 10 years, this is ending. Because, as you know, that person becomes your best friend. Yeah, there's a certain... Yeah. ...expectation of what you can do and where you go and, you know, I... I certainly understand that part of it yeah they, they just yeah they become yeah Did, so when, he, he was my best friend and he had like been there for my whole journey and um you know from 
law school to all my jobs and it was just great having him in my life and so when that ended yeah it was it was pretty jarring it was pretty jarring but there's no time through adversity comes reward yeah exactly and I just realized fuck I should just be so grateful that I've had this great love and that awesome. it's yeah. ended not because we've realized something that we don't like about one another. It's just ended because it's the not going to work just out. Aligning. Yeah, they're not aligning. And so, yeah, I just was filled with gratitude and happy. You still speak to him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, Probably I mean, like once a week. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And what are the conversations like? Now. It's just how are you? Yeah, right. Okay, just checking you know, in. Just checking in. You yeah, know, nice. just, just I'll always be there for you and vice versa. So how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 32. Okay, all right. Yeah. Cool. You got, I mean, fuck, you got so much time ahead of you. Yeah. I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I still think, I think the same in some regards, that I've got, there's so much that I have to offer the right person. Yeah. Um. And look, yeah, I've had relationships, one that, you know, bore two children. And I can't, I mean, I just, I wouldn't change that for the world. Uh, and aren't you filled with so much gratitude for that? I mean, you oh talk about God. your kids like they're everything to they you. They are. Like, I, you know, oh, I just love them. Like, exactly. You know, I love I love still holding my uh, my eight-year-old's hand. Like, oh. Her little hand still fits in mine. Oh, my gosh. That um, just melts my heart. That's so but, beautiful. But look, that's, that's the type of dad I am. Yeah. And my eldest one... Um, and she's 12, so she's at that tipping point where, you know, I can still walk next to her and still have my arm over her shoulder. Yeah. And I tell them I love them every day. Um, oh, when they're with so their mum, um, you know, I, I still, we still text and what have you, and uh, there'll be FaceTime talks, that sort of stuff. And until the day they say, stop saying, you know, you love us, it, it's not going to stop. So oh, they're not going to say that to you. They would love hearing that. Well, and look, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm sure they do. And I, I love the fact that um, my parents never did that. So uh, I, I think vicariously, as I said it many times in my podcast, vicariously, I think I lived my childhood through my children. So oh, that's just beautiful. Um, yeah, they want for nothing, but they still have to. They, they understand and respect the value of what we have. Yeah. Uh, it's not always as cut and dried as just you know pulling out a thousand dollars out of the bank. You know, you, yeah, of course. but you know what I mean. So there's, it's all relative Absolutely. to to. Absolutely no, I, I was working from the age of fourteen at Boost Juice when it first opened. Yeah, nice. Um, and I think I was working for like six dollars an hour or something. Oh, big money! <laughs> big money! Wow! And like a free smoothie. <laughs> um, Look at you, the dizzy heights of boost juice. <laughs> but I, uh, I would save up my money and I would buy shoes. And nice. my dad just, you know, just to teach me about the value of things. I'd just buy all these shoes because I had all this money and like, you know, oh, they're on sale. Why not? I can just buy more. I have more money. And he would say, no, this is how much space you have for shoes. If you buy one more pair of shoes, I'm throwing them all in the bin. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's my money. I'm allowed to do with it what I want. I come home one day and my dad has thrown all my shoes no in the bin. Yeah. Oh, hats off to him. I like him. That is that is awesome. I threaten to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> then you don't follow through. But, but mine are 12, 12 and no, 8. Yeah, so no. if I'm they get to 14 or 15, yeah, yeah. I'm liking that. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my daughter that this is what happened to you. Yeah. So watch yourself. Yeah. There's a day of reckoning coming. Um, <laughs> 
So, okay, let's go back. Let's get out he's of there. He's so sweet, my dad. He can't say, like, I love you without bursting out into tears. Because he just, like... <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I watch... I'm not an emotional person in that regard. I mean, I... Uh, I around my kids, I am. I, I'll watch something on YouTube or uh, whatever it might be, a Netflix show, and there's something that happens to a child where they... I, I can't even put a finger on it. And it just makes me really emotional. Like... There are things at the moment I'm watching with on, on YouTube which is mental about returned soldiers from the US coming home and seeing their kids for the first yeah. time in however long. Oh, those make me cry. And I was watching those two mornings ago, just like, you know, tears rolling in my eyes. Oh. This is mental. But I mean, like, sacrifice on kids. two levels. It's sacrifice being away from your children and sacrifice of your life for your country. And the Americans are incredible though. The Americans, their patriotism is like yeah. nothing else I've ever it seen. Is, yeah. It's incredible. Um, What's what's next for you in the acting space? I mean, obviously, NCISLA, you hope it goes into season 12. Yeah. Um, in the acting space, I am kind of just doing a few... i just just done one audition now recently um, for George Miller is doing a new film, um, which is going to be shot in Australia. Awesome. So, yeah, for um, a Middle Eastern character in that. Oh, hang on um, a sec. So, do you know what... Can you say what it's called? 3,000 years of longing. Oh, no, it's not. Is that a guy in the car the other day that is doing some cinematography for... I'm sure it was George Muller. Yeah, probably. He's, he's going to be shooting his film here and in Turkey. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay, I'll have to have a look at the, the recordings. Um, yeah, so that one, the breakdown was... Um, the character's, like, between 36 to 47. Um, so I don't, don't know if I exactly fit in that category. What but, do you like um, most about acting, though? Look, I, I, I think I, what I like most about it is that it's just a platform for empathy. So to have an understanding of what it's life to like, what it's like to live somebody else's life, and um, you, is, is that, that what you think you portray as as an actor? Well, sometimes the roles that you get aren't really, you know, those those empathetic ones. It's more just like, yeah, sometimes. The dream is to be able to do that, which is why I write. So I've got a t two TV shows that I've written, um, and uh, and a third one actually right now that I've been writing with an Australian, a big Australian TV television executive. Yep. Um, so yeah, I've been teaching myself how to write for the last two years, and if, all my stories that I write have to do with empathy. So I was about to ask, how level. did you get into writing? What, what's the passion about writing? That. Does it supersede acting? Does it supersede yeah, yeah, you being no, a lawyer? Yeah, yeah, all of that. Because it's it's telling a story and storytelling is inbuilt in, in who we are as humans. I mean, it's been around since the beginning of time, sitting around the campfire. You know, storytelling is a key component of religious texts, you know, yep. whether you believe them to be fiction or non-fiction. It's just, it's who, it's who we are, you know. Tell, we, even today, you sit around, you know, you have a few beers. I don't drink beer, but you tell stories and um, so for me, being able to do that in a way where I can create characters and situations in which I'm forcing the, the audience into a space of empathy for someone who, without, in other circumstances, they might not have felt any empathy for. Because empathy is what brings us all closer together. And, you know, in this totally life, great. we're all just looking to connect in some way or another. So the... the, the t or the... the, the project you're working on the writing at the moment with the uh, with the TV exec yeah so where do you see this where do you see it going um 
hopefully it'll be an Australian TV show. Um, we're going to start pitching it towards the end of this year with nice. another show that I wrote um, alone called The Mechanic. And what's that about? Oh, please That's don't a, say it's about a mechanic. It's okay. about a female mechanic. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Why? Um, it's just about a woman trying to make it in a man's world. and. Is that um, important to you? Look, the the part, she she's just been released from prison. So it's A, about a, a young woman trying to get her life back. Um, okay. And she went to prison for a crime that brought a lot of notoriety with her. So it kind of explores Australians' fascination with turning criminals into celebrities. The notoriety. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so she's trying to get her, her life back on track. Um, and the only thing that she's left prison with is an automotive certificate. Is, is this a true story? No. Okay. <laughs> it does draw on aspects of my life, but yeah. Yeah, I, I was about to ask, are there any parallels between your life and this character? And I guess Yeah, there definitely that, are. It's just set in, in a bit of a different world. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the hardest thing you've had to overcome? in your career, whether it be writing, acting, a lawyer, what's the hardest thing you've had to overcome? Honestly, like when I first moved to Hollywood, there this was before Me Too, so it was just very easy to like go to a meeting with a director or a producer and then hit on you, right? That, and That's, that, 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 ha- that happens? Ex- that used to happen. So what did that happen to you? Yeah, so, so many times. So what did you times. do in that situation though? When someone, you know, you go to you go to a casting. Well, I would tell them I'm recording this conversation. Yeah, yeah, we are. Right. Yeah, there you so, go. So, you know, um, how did they feel about that? What did oh, oh, so m- that would just mood change straight away? Right up, because now you're now you're stepping into legal territory. Because California is a two two party rule when it comes to um, recording, so that means that both parties have to consent to the recording. Whereas if you record someone in New York, it's a one party rule, so you can record someone and like not necessarily get into trouble for it. And obviously, we have your permission to record. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but, no, but this but no, but, is, no, 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 no. But you know what I mean. No, it's like, but it's like I, I yeah. So if you're, it's um, yeah. No, it's just the other thing that I really had to overcome. That I haven't felt that happen at all anymore since all of that. I mean, but prior to me too kicking off. And I, as the lay person, when you read about the stories that, that where this stuff happens, you think it, surely it can't be as bad as that. Surely, surely, the the males. Yeah, it was, I, it's I, predominantly males. Yeah, I haven't had experiences that are as bad as the ones that you. And I'm sure about. they happen, but it's just I keep thinking to myself as a father of daughters. I'm like, if if ever that happened, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I don't know how yeah. I'd react on behalf of them, but. Um, well, yeah, a lot of a lot of women right now are kind of like taking the taking the brunt of um of all of this and really like stepping to the forefront of this movement to make certain industries a better place for your and a huge sacrifice at their expense that's the problem though is that they're sacrificing their careers and their i guess integrity in so many ways or whatever it might be they're just opening themselves up to criticism which is so unfair yeah it's it's pretty unfair um no i've never i haven't had anything happen to me on that kind of level but just like you know the sexist yeah, like comments. Just, yeah, just all of that. All of that, really. Um, but the other thing that would have been the hardest the hardest thing to overcome is kind of like whenever you go... So I also modelled. Like I was with the next model management. And, um, so hang on, where did you fit this in? Just in between. Oh, just, you know, yeah, the, the odd day off here and there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Got a Friday off, I'll just model. <laughs> no, it's not really like that. But... Uh, yeah, I just did a bit of modeling work. But just 
constantly being criticized for what I looked like. Are you talking about body shape or yeah, your yeah. color of oh, your yeah. skin oh. or? Well, the color of the skin thing was not really criticized in America okay. at all. Because um, okay, so they're a lot more multicultural oh in that sense. Yes. Um, but the, the body, body shape? shape, the face, and then also with the casting, like, oh, yeah, but kind of what genre does she fit into? What category does she fit into? Um, because, you know, casting has this very idea of, like, there's the nerdy girl, there's the hot girl next door, there's the this girl, there's the that girl, there's the scientist girl. They have these like, very narrow-minded and drawn out ideas of who characters are right and to to have layered female characters now we're seeing more of them but that wasn't always the case what do you think the biggest hurdle is for young girls that are coming into acting what's the biggest hurdle at the moment or or, or, or have the hurdles been taken away no no just resilience it's just a hard gig generally understand that it's it's, not going to be what you think it is yeah it's not going to be what you think it is at all here's here's the biggest hurdle what happens with the media is somebody gets their big break and it gets printed like oh it just all happened overnight and it was super simple but it's not and then you know and then someone reads that and they're like oh wow well you know this person just went over to LA and now they're on this show so that that maybe that happens to one in one hundred people. Yeah, okay. So for you, it's a five year. It's a five year. Yeah, slog. and I know, and I know, like star name actors who it's been a ten year, like. Did, I, I would assume for. there'd be, you know, there'd be for every one that succeeds, you know, succeeds, there'd be nine that don't. Out of ten, there'd be one that goes. Yeah, you get to like you five years later, you've got yeah. a great gig on in I mean, I think it's. But there'd be a lot that fall by the wayside. The side. numbers are far worse than that. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, I think the numbers are way way worse than that. But here's the thing: they also say it's a numbers game. Yeah. Like just like anything in life, it comes down to resilience. So Firstly, you have to learn worry your about... craft. Learn your craft. Like know what you are doing. Yeah. When you get a, when you get material. Know what genre it is. Know what you're doing with this character. Know what this character wants. Like, have a very specific idea of what you're going to bring to this character that other people aren't going to bring. Learn your craft. No matter what it is that you're doing in this world, do it fucking well. Yeah. That's just one thing that I've that I've learned. So acting falls over tomorrow. So when I spoke to you, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and we said we're going to get into the car and do this. You said um, you're at work. You are still working as a lawyer yeah. over here. Yeah. So since I came back due to COVID, because all acting halted. Um, there are some things picking up now in Australia, but because all acting halted because you have to have all these people together in a small area and then actors can't wear face masks. Of course um, not. Right. No, so, so I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? So um, I have been working in a law firm, yeah. And you enjoying being back in that space? Yeah, I am because I'm using a different I'm using a different part of my brain um, and it also, it feels pretty good. And what about the writing? Where we, I mean, the yeah, writing so I'm is writing just like happening. crazy. Yeah, I'm writing like crazy. What's the timeline on the writing? When well, do you have to have something out? I've all, I, up to this point right now. I've done all of my writing work. Yep. Um. So. So when you're doing the casting, are you looking for some, you know, like hot Uber driver? <laughs> Definitely. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I know who you could maybe target. Yeah. Will you, will you send me their contact info? How rude are you? <laughs> How are you happy to get out here and then walk to where you're going? <gasps> I don't even know where we yeah, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, we're in Waverley. And in Waverly. fact, we're actually coming up part. My daughters and I are moving. So when I drop you off at 
which by the sounds it's going to be very very shortly um we're <laughs> moving into we're moving up here about 200 meters up on the right oh, on next nice. monday so um yeah but anyway um now is when we got at the coffee earlier the soy thing oh yeah hit me come on okay um What's the deal? Do you not like that I'm an alternative milk person? No, I don't know. Or you're a health guy and you don't like soy? Do you soy? think I look like a health guy? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. Here's the misconception with healthy people, okay? You can have someone who has like 5% body fat. Their organs are dying because all they've been eating is chicken breast and broccoli and like a whole bunch okay. of supplements that are just jacking up their, their hormones. Like, oh, see, there's the slight no, accent there. The American accent? Yeah, it just yeah. kicked in. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, well, now we've oh, got it. No, my accent has gone so Australian since I've, since I've come back. You're going to have to get that voice coach out <laughs> and just get back into the... Uh... I just have to call my American friends and they just... They just, bring you back. Just, yeah, I just... They bring you back. Are you a vegan? Like, no. What you look like... The, the whole vegan thing, I w I've been on vegan detoxes and I've tried it. It doesn't work for my body. It gives me a lot of stomach aches and pains and okay. um, my hair started falling out. Oh. Yeah. You it sure that wasn't alopecia? <laughs> no, veganism does work for some people. Don't want to write it off in any way. Um, but I am very much into uh, eating meat and chicken and fish. And but for me, what is the most important thing is like I'm not going to eat farmed fish because you're just eating antibiotics and you're probably paying a lot for it. And I don't see okay. the point. All right. um, and you know, when it comes to chicken trying to always eat free-range chicken when it comes to meat trying to eat grass-fed meat because cows are not meant to be fed grains and if you look at the fat profile of a cow who's been fed grains and the cow that just eats grass one of them is going to be far more nutritious and actually feed your brain and the other isn't fuck why did i ask yeah why did you why ask why did i ask i am What's your... super health conscious like i'm so into anti-aging and longevity but not in a way You're of like 32 no i know but you, i feel like you have to start now and i'm into it not in a way of like oh what can i go and pay for or you know blah, blah, what are these expensive treatments that i can do not not like that at all just what are cost effective affordable ways how can i change my diet my lifestyle things like this to make sure like every night put your phone on airplane mode yeah and no, I, I, I actually do that now where I actually have it on that, that silent mode absolutely, absolutely we're cellular beings so yeah. you know I'm not here saying oh you know don't use a cell phone that's just a part of life but just give your give your environment a little bit of a break okay. while you sleep we'll, um, we'll do one kick past Bondi and we'll get you back to Double Bay okay sounds great um What's yeah, your, so what's the soy. What was the question with the, the soy? Okay, yeah, because of the estrogens. What, okay, righty -ho. I was okay, going to say, so what made you realise that soy is the way for you to go? Okay, I don't drink soy milk, but if I'm off... But you if, just... Hang on, but if I'm getting a coffee mm -hmm. from a cafe, mm -hmm. typically the only options are regular milk, which if it's if it's not organic, I mean... Okay, you know, not every... Uh, okay, what about almond? Okay, almond milk in cafes in Sydney oh. is junk. It is junk. It is filled with sugar, maltodextrin and a whole bunch of gums that are so bad for you, just drink the normal milk. I think I left the soapbox out there to get on. <laughs> if you, you want to jump on that, far No, out. but it's just sad for me because people are paying an extra, like, you know, 50 cents, $1 for their coffee. They're thinking, oh, you know, this I'm healthier. Is like, I'm healthier, but it's right. like, guys, there's so much shit in that almond milk, I can't even begin to tell right. you. I get it if you can't drink cow's milk because <laughs> you don't have lactase, so you can't digest lactose. So if you're a celiac or that sort of stuff. If you're dairy that... intolerant, no, that's gluten, celiac. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, are you, are you, are you... Yeah, no, I don't eat gluten. I'm not a celiac, but I just... Okay, why don't you eat gluten? Okay, just like Because I just, in my joints, I can feel it, because gluten can be um, inflammatory, so I, I just avoid okay. it, and I feel a lot what's better. The, what's your, what's the, what's your weakness in food? 
oh, dark chocolate. But I eat so much, but I eat 90% super blackout dark chocolate. And so what? it's just the best. Bitter? It is, but eventually when you start cutting out things like the chocolate, your your taste buds adjust. You just start with a 70, move up to a 75, then an 80, and an 85. Cut to six months later, you're on the 90%. Right. So full of magnesium. It's so good for you. Like what when was I the eat chocolate, thing? I, I don't eat it with guilt. I'm sure you Shove don't. It in my mouth. I don't think there's much you do with guilt, to be honest. <laughs> um, what's the hardest thing you gave up? In regards to diet? Yeah. Oh, everything. I don't eat anything that's fried because that oil has been sitting there for a month and that oil is getting just more and more oxidized and that is that is what they've found now. It clogs your arteries. Like, okay, so outside of dark chocolate because that's, 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 a, that's a treat and that's a dessert type thing. No, I eat it as like a food, like as a fuel because it's, it's 90% like cacao and cacao is so great for you. It's super anti-aging. It's full of antioxidants. <laughs> Full so of magnesium. Outside of writing, acting, being a lawyer, yeah, um, you could go into the health space. Oh yeah, I mean that's what that's my hobby. That's my hobby, absolutely. But just like things that people can do for the health that aren't going to cost them an arm and a leg. Yeah. Just like actual practical things, like guys, you like selenium, for instance, is an important mineral that we all need for our metabolic health, our thyroid health, for our brain. Eat two Brazil nuts a day. You don't need to go spend 30 bucks on a selenium supplement, shove it down your throat. Just two Brazil nuts. That's all it takes. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. Just keeps them in the car every day. I feel like I'm learning from you as well now. Yeah, there you go. I mean, vitamin C is so important now more than ever with with COVID. Have a kiwi. Have two kiwis. You want even more vitamin C than that? Have a yellow pepper, like a yellow capsicum. Yeah, capsicum, yeah. It's got more vitamin C than a kiwi or an orange. You Mm. Kiwi, eat the skin. (laughs) Wash it, eat the skin. It's got even more antioxidants than the flesh of the kiwi. Yeah, don't worry. Having come out of the horticulture space, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, oh, let's talk. Let's talk about you. No. Tell me about the horticulture space. No. Come on, tell uh, us. No, I mean that's my previous career to this Uber. I was a relationship manager in horticulture. So oh wow. I was the conduit between the growers in certain areas, like tropicals and you know some vegetables, and I was yeah. the the voice between them as an industry yeah. and our organisation and government. So. Um, but I just talk shit all the time. So, but I love it. Now I talk shit all the time as well, but it's all on my own terms. But um, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's funny. The chickens at the school, the premise behind that was because, well, I, you know, the kids have no idea where their food comes from. Yeah. And Woolworths, to their credit, credit did this thing where they said, you know what, if you walk to school, we'll give you a piece of fruit. That's great. They love ended that. up giving every kid a piece of fruit because they, they should. Yeah. But the long story short was, so the, I was standing there helping give out the fruit. Mm. He's about to smash that car. Yeah, he's going to hit. Yeah. Um, long story short was, I was helping out the kids give out this fruit, and there was there were apples, there were bananas, and there were oranges. Yeah. And these kids are going, look how big these mandarins are. Mm. I was like, okay, they're oranges. And I'm like, well, um, why aren't they cut up? Mm. Oh. I was like, Serious? <gasps> So I oh, bit into that's one. Mind blowing. Bit, in, bit into one and peeled it, and then just segmented it and gave it to the kids. Oh my god, they and didn't know what that they was. They had no idea wow. that you're supposed to do that with an orange because they always get cut up at rugby, netball, and all those yeah, sort of things. Yeah. Which I found really disturbing. Yes, no, I agree with you. But the the knock on from that was when the chickens. I was, I've been pushing for five years for chickens at the school. Finally, last oh, year. Oh, so the chickens are your initiative? Well, there was it was it was there were a number of us, but I pushed them five years ago. Oh, that's. 
freaking brilliant. And, and it is good. It's so important because um, you, you have more appreciation. Like, I'm not a vegan, but like, you need to appreciate where your food comes from and let's like try and make sure it lives somewhat of a healthy life. There not you go. like 12 chickens pecking at each other because they're dying in a tiny so space. So there's 15 chooks at the school. Yeah. And we sell, I sell the eggs locally in Paddington. Look at you, you're a community but, man. Well, I try to be. I mean, oh my God, that's yeah. setting such a great example for your children and your children's friends. So all the kids, every day I go to the school and I'll collect all the lunchtime scraps from the kids and we feed the chooks. And that's then the lovely. chooks, the eggs come back. Because when we said, where did eggs come from? They're like Metro. And we're like, fuck, are you oh serious? My God. That's the best thing I've ever heard. So the knock on from that was when For we got the, the international ch- listeners, Metro is the, the, the Woolworths. Store. Yeah, it's the grocery store <laughs> yeah, here, in, here in Australia. Um, but it was so true though. So what, what, yeah. we, what we did is we said, okay, a class will have control of the chooks for a week at a time and they'll feed them water and I'll be, I'll be there every day to make sure it gets done properly again that's the benefit of being an Uber driver is the flexibility to be able to do those things yeah so what happened then is that at the end of the week the teacher would collect the eggs that the chickens were laying and then they go and make something with the eggs omelette um, you know it might be a souffle it might be ramen eggs because one of the uh, the teachers was Japanese um, you know it, meringue whatever it was it was Lovely, awesome yeah and they finally had a better appreciation for where eggs come from, mm. you know, and they got to see the chooks and all the rest of it. So oh, I, I understand that. that concept of all that paddock to plate thing, but it's just, I mean, yours is next level. This whole Brazil nut into kiwi skin, into yeah, all of that. but you know, it's not like some, you know, expensive, crazy Do you feel thing better in yourself though? Out. Oh yeah, absolutely. If I don't eat well, my brain doesn't work. My brain will not function. But, but it's a thing it's like people it's like w- once you kind of make certain changes in your life and then you you feel so much better you didn't realize that you were even feeling not as good as you could be before you, yeah, you don't sure. even realize that you weren't functioning optimally okay yeah it's remarkable all right we're on the home stretch from bondi and it's now 27 degrees and really we, sh- we should be swimming but we should be swimming yeah but we're not um right our way back to double bay where i'm gonna dump and run get rid of you <laughs> uh What's, what what's, a headache. What a, oh my God, why <laughs> did you say yes? Why did I say yes? Um, what's the next six months, 12 months got in store for you? So I kind of had like a bit of, you know, anxiety coming back to Sydney because I thought I've worked so hard to make a life for myself in Los Angeles. And, um, and now that COVID is happening, where I go might be where I'm going to be for a while. Does and, that Am I going to miss out on opportunity back in LA? And I said, you know, I just, I just got to go back to Sydney and I, and I, I and I came back and I'm so glad that I did because I don't want to leave. But there's a bit going on though. I mean, obviously what happened a couple of months ago, you know, that's been thrown in the mix as well. Yeah. Do you think that would have happened if you'd been in the States? No. Do you think it would have dragged, I don't yeah. know, respectfully so, do you think it would have yeah. dragged it out a bit longer? Yeah, definitely. Do you think it's the right decision? I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, good that you, it's good that you know that. Yeah. Well, it's good that you feel that. All yeah. these people go through. Um, okay, so here in Sydney, let's say it's it, uh, it's going to be twelve months, unless yeah, you get so some sort of exemption to go back because you know they need to film or whatever. Yeah. So um, yeah. So unless yeah. So unless I'm heading back, I'm going to be here for a while. And um, the goal is to get my shows made. It's to start pitching them. Awesome. And get them out there and get them made. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll have a. TV show in the works soon. Of course you It's will. in the works, but I mean like Further in along. production, yeah. Okay. Um, the lawyer stuff, 
that's just going to keep ticking along? Yeah, it's going to keep ticking along. It's, I mean, I enjoy it and it, I still have the time to work on other things that I need to. And it's a great gig. I mean, being a lawyer is a dream for so many people. So how many days, I mean, so what's so your week I, I look like take, now? I don't take that privilege lightly. So um, Monday to Friday, do you, I mean, you're writing at whatever day you do. How yeah. many days are you lawyering at the moment? Uh, two days a week. Okay. Yeah. What do you like to do in your time off? We haven't covered that. What, so there's a day uh, off apart, off. From, okay, apart so from getting in, the in a sun, car. Sitting in the sun. Yeah. Love that. Feels like I'm recharging my batteries. Vitamin D. You know, vitamin D. Always with a hat on. Um, wow. Sitting in the sun, going for a walk, hanging out with friends. Just, yeah. you know, the boring answers that everybody seems to say, but there are those, you know, human things that so make us all though. feel so good. Yeah, totally get it. Totally um, get it. I love, I love, I'm so into cooking now that I'm back because the produce in Australia is... First class. First class and you don't realise or appreciate Although it. Although the like tomatoes you appreciate... in Italy, the tomatoes yeah, in Italy... Oh Coffee in Italy is terrible. Yeah. But like, you don't appreciate how clean our air is. You don't appreciate how safe our roads are. You don't appreciate like how beautiful our trees are. You don't appreciate how amazing our produce is and how affordable it is until you live... Until you live overseas. What's the one thing you're cooking at the moment? You you, you could cook every day and eat every day. Um, Some presume not surprised. <laughs> I'd probably say um, like snapper. Love snapper. Okay. Local snapper, delicious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, super. The broccolini. Yeah, oh, broccolini. Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet potatoes. Oh so yeah! Good. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Amazing. Um, do you read? Books, novels. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, okay, I don't. Say, fuck, that was a. Could have sworn he said yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, and that's because I spend a lot of time reading scripts. Do you not like watching reading? TV shows? No, it's it's not that I don't like reading. I read a lot of like news articles. Um, so by the and health articles. So by the time it, it I just, I just don't. Yeah, I get my I get my uh, narrative story hit from scripts or from watching shows I watch a lot okay. of shows yeah well as I have done with the first two yeah this is my gift to you though oh that's lovely but and it is a book but it's my favourite book that I've I read once a year oh, and I beautiful. got it given to me by my grandfather when I was see I was kicked out of home when I was 17 and he said he gave me you kicked it gave, out of home yeah wow so, so he gave that to me that was said, the start of your resilient journey yeah yeah he said through it oh no that was done a few years before then but okay um that was just the tipping point for me where he said through adversity comes reward read oh, that wow. and you'll get something out of it and for me Beautiful. there's a lot of parallels in that that it's a true story yeah uh, autobiography about ab facey albert facey uh and there's a lot of parallels in there to my life but I gave that to Hugh Rimmington and also to uh, Ben Hansaker, who was the first celebrity chat. And sorry about that. My so, daughter, my daughter last night, she was mucking no, around with that. No, I love it. It's just soul added to the book. So, yeah. So when you, when did you, when did you first read this? 17? When I was 17. Right. So this story, resonates. it helped, it, it resonated oh, with, it helped guide It's my cathartic go-to book every right. year. Every year I'll read it. My daughter, if she was here in the car, she'd go, dad, you are so boring. Right. Because you just do the same thing over and over. Same book. Yeah. No, because it means something to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and so me reading this, I might not, I might not have had similar experiences to this that you relate to, but I 
you know, if it's, a, if it's a great piece of work, like you say, I'm going to have that level of empathy for this person. This is what I'm saying. It's like storytelling to me is so important. It's yeah. so important to us as humans. So so I'm the, just, I love that this, this book means so much to you. Yeah, well, I think if I was, I mean, I, I could give any, I mean, you can give alcohol, you can give flowers, yeah. you can do all those sort of things, and they're great. Yeah, but, but I think so, for me, that's, that's yeah, yeah. That, that to me is the, yeah. you know, there's chapters in there that I'll read and I'll go, okay, if I, if I think I'm doing it tough, Read chapter three or read chapter five, yeah. and I'll be like, "Fuck, I'm doing okay." Yeah, see, there's you know, gratitude. There's 100%. That's gratitude, and that's that's it's kind of where I always just try to head to whenever nice. I'm feeling the same way. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Um, what do you miss about overseas? Do you, where's your favorite place to holiday? Oh, my friends! I miss my friends so much in LA. Yeah, yeah, they're the best. They're the absolute best. Favorite <laughs> holiday place? I'm gonna say for me, Positano. Oh yeah, Positano's beautiful. Positano's um, gorgeous. Yeah, no, I've been to Positano. Capri's beautiful. Oh yeah, nice. Um, if you can Mykonos, go tomorrow, Greece, beautiful. Never been there. I'd love to go. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yeah. lovely. Uh, I love New York. So my, I actually moved to LA because I um, first went to New York when I was, I was modeling there, and I, I was, I was modeling there for a short term, but I was like still in law school, but I was just taking a little bit of a break, and I'm, and I um. And I met Jay-Z and he was like, oh, you're in law school. And he was like, what do you really want to do? I was like, I want to be an actor. And, like, why don't you, <laughs> and he goes, why don't you do that? And I was just like, oh my God, why don't I do that? And then he just like walked off. Thank <laughs> you. Got in, they got in his um, Maybach. Oh, is like, that right? Yeah. Uh, like, who do you rub shoulders with that, we, that, that people would know in, in LA? Uh, who can you call it? Who's a good friend that you say, okay, you know what, there's... You know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, okay. So my best friend, Olivia Frischer. Um, and my best friend, Bella Hunter. She's a um, fantastic singer, DJ, musician. Yep. Um, and then have my mate, Dominic Adams. He's a he's an actor. He was on Devious Maids and an awesome TV show on history called Six, about Seal Team Six. Oh, okay, right. Well. Yeah, great show. So we'll t- I'll tag all these people in. Yeah, sure. We'll tag him in. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Why did you say yes to doing this? I mean, I'm obviously very... Um, because I listened to your episodes oh. and I just kind of loved how you're sharing stories. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so like, I didn't realise. Just sharing stories, you know, creating empathy and helping us all understand each other. And, I, yeah, I love that. I just love that. Awesome. That's what I'm all about. Well, and you've got such an honest voice. Really? Yeah, I've probably told you more than I would tell other people. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, it's funny because I, when I, I hear... I, I, book. I told you there's nothing about me like online. I don't really post that much to Instagram. It's just, you know, you're you're very easy to talk to. You just like have an honest energy. See, it's funny because uh, when I hear my voice, people say to me, I, I, kept, I, I say to my friends, I met XYZ today in the car, this passenger. I would tell them the story and I kept saying I should do a podcast six months ago, eight months yeah. ago. Yeah. And then three months ago, Ben and I were having a coffee at Five Ways. Yeah. And he said, let's give it a go. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's the tech. Um, tech guy, yeah. Yeah, he's the tech behind it. I'm the, you know, the voice. And I can't, well, it's a bit like you, I guess, if you're acting and you hear your own voice, you're like, I can't understand oh, yeah, what yeah, someone no. else would like about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I don't like my voice. And yeah. I'm the same. But um, I've had enough people say, that apparently, I've got a voice that they would listen to. And I still find that hard to hear when someone says that. When you said it just then, I'm like, really? Yeah. But some people have said it's quite soothing. Yeah, and it it's oh, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that you listen to the podcast. I mean, that's you know, it's, I'm 
very humbled that you have because this to me is just an awesome gig. Oh, you know, this great. is a, this is just a an added bonus to being able to do what I do and I'll yeah. do what I love. Well, so that's that's the dream, isn't it? It's the dream. It's yeah. the dream. Yeah. Well, I uh, you know when I was younger, I used to always listen to music when I was driving, and then I got to a point. Music's great, but it's just it's just not doing anything. So I started to get into podcasts, and I love listening to people talk. Awesome. Love it. Podcasts are my thing. Whenever well, I get gonna, in the car, it's a podcast that goes on. You'll have to. You'll, well, now you'll be able to share this with all of your yeah you know, your friends and I definitely will. Say so this is what I did on a sunny twenty seven degree day in Sydney. This is all I could do today is Beautiful do a Sydney podcast. Day. Yeah. Well, we are just about here in Double Bay. It's an hour and 40. Well, it's like crazy. That. It feels like 15 minutes. I know. <laughs> God. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's good. Um, thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because if you didn't, I'm <laughs> fucked. If you didn't, I'm in a world of fucking trouble. And I really I am. got a book. I got yeah, a great book. Don't worry. I got, I, hopefully, Ben took some photos. So I got photos. <laughs> Yeah, look, you know, if you don't, even if you don't read it, just tell me you have. Oh, my God. Just say, that was an amazing book. Thank, thanks so much for that. that was oh, great. gosh, that's so, no, I would never do that. I'm going to read it. If it resonated with you, I'm sure it's going to resonate it with me. Right, get out. <laughs> That was Natasia, Natasia Hallaby, and she was fantastic. Very, very open, very honest, and yeah, she does have a, a crazy laugh. But uh, just a very talented, talented woman. Um, Realised that uh, in year ten that the path she'd taken wasn't the one that she wanted to take. Uh, finished top of the state which is an incredible feat, as there are some incredibly smart people out there, as we all know. And then went on to law school, has started writing, acting on NCIS LA, so she's been doing that for about five years, not the NCIS gig, about 18 months on that, but um, just a super, super talented woman. And really was my pleasure to have, have uh, Natasha in the car so thank you so much I hope you enjoy the book and all those people out there take some advice from Natasha that uh, if you want to do something have some empathy but give it a go that's what she's done she's decided that the acting was 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 a shot at a path she wanted to take and she did it and thank fuck this recorded I kept checking to make sure the record button was going because I was just afraid that it wouldn't but an hour and 45, my goodness me. It did feel like 15 minutes, and it was just a, a great chat. So thank you again. And uh, we'll see what the next celebrity podcast looks like after this one comes out. I'd just like to ask all of those people that get the opportunity to listen to the podcast to uh, recommend it and share it to their friends and family, colleagues, loved ones, people they hate, because it's, uh, it's gaining some momentum for all those people that are subscribed, rated, and reviewed. Thank you so much. Again, if you can recommend and 
share it with your friends, family, loved ones. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. We look forward to sharing more episodes in the coming weeks and months. Thanks very much.